Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Tonight on Sportsnet, Game 3 of the 1988 Stanley Cup final between the Edmonton Oilers and the Boston Bruins. Game three coming up. I never saw this game and in fact got humbled as a result of what occurred with this game. And I'll, I'll tell you the story. So I was working in high level in the reforestation industry and three of the guys in our camp, including the driver, James, drove into, we were probably about an hour up a logging road away from high level. And I wanted to work that day and make, you know, my 300 bucks a day or whatever we were planting trees back in 1988. And, uh, you, you know, I knew the orders were up 2 nothing in the series, but I elected not to drive in. So the guys, you know, I was listening to Rod Phillips uh, uh, in portions, but the game kept, kept on kicking in and out up there. And so I couldn't quite uh, hear all the game. The boys came back to our camp at about, I don't know, let's say 10 o'clock at night and said, oh, you missed the most amazing game. And and James happened to have been, somehow he was related to the Messier family. And he told a little bit of a fib. And the fib was that Mark Messier had fought Jay Miller in the game and tuned him. So the next morning, our checkers who were from town came and we started talking about the game last night. And I pretended like I knew what I was talking about. Many would you say right now, it's kind of like how the show works on a day-to-day basis. And I said, oh, yeah, that Messier, you know, he worked over Jay Miller. And there's silence in our uh, mess tent area. And suddenly the guys that went into town were laughing at me. And at that real at that moment, I realized I had been played, and that Mark Messi had not fought in James uh, uh, J. Miller. Now, think about what happened in Game Four, 1988. I went to Game Four, or not? Didn't go to Game Four, but I went back into high level to watch Game Four with a couple other guys. Of course, as most of you know, Game Four, 1988, is the night the lights went out. We went back to the camp. And everybody's waiting for us. What happened in the game? And I'm like, you guys will never believe this. The lights went out, and they 
this continued the, and nobody in our camp believed me they thought i was trying to one-up james who'd screwed us over two games before or two days before talking about jay miller so there's a useless superfluous story and the sort of thing that you hear far too often on orders now pleased to be joined by john shannon how are you doing john good bob how are you good the point i'm making is nobody would have believed that you wouldn't have had an end result in a playoff game in the Stanley Cup final in 1988 in Game 4. It's crazy when you think about it. Well, and uh, if you remember, the the, the real uh, uh, ripple effect of that date was that they could not find the president of the National Hockey League. Uh, John Ziegler was not even on the continent. He was in London, England at his condominium in London uh, for a ruling, and for rulings to occur, he wasn't even at the game uh and that uh that was the beginning in many ways the beginning and the end of john ziegler's tenure as president of the national hockey league uh as uh we went from president uh, ziegler to president stein and finally commissioner bettman you know uh john there's also you know th- there's always conspiracy theories on what really happened in boston and one of them was and i know we've discussed this before that there may have been too much money that would have been paid out with some Boston area nefarious types had the Oilers swept, <laughs> right? And suddenly power got knocked out at 3-3. And I, I did not even know this story, but a friend of mine, Jack, sent me this story. Not Jack Michaels, but another Jack. A Jack who equally well uh, could work in sport. Well, he does work in sports, but could work as a sports broadcast. There was a game between Wisconsin and UNLV in football where a whole bunch of people from Wisconsin, they got a huge fan following there, as you know, uh, flew to uh, Las Vegas, and the line moved so much uh, that gamblers were going to take a loss, and there's people that believe the power was purposely mm-hmm. knocked out of the football stadium. This happened in about 2002. You can look it up. It's well, uh, and but uh, I, All I can tell you, Bob, is, is if, and, and you, you worked at the Boston Garden, uh, nothing I, would surprise me right. uh, with the power going out if it was a very hot day, the air conditioning in the garden. Uh, and, and let's face it, not only did it happen in 88, it happened again in 1990, didn't it? Yeah, and, uh, you know, the rats chewing through the lines, that could happen too, right? I mean, who, know, <laughs> who, who knows what happened? But There was the lots pl- of things that could have happened when you're, at a, an old, I mean, a, a, what would at that point, a 65-year-old arena above a train station. Exactly. John Shannon joining us, our uh, NHL insider. So, again, game three tonight uh, uh, on Sportsnet. That was a good night for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Gary Bettman and Bill Daly uh, continuing t- the comments over. Let me ask you this. The comments made over the last 24 hours by Bettman, who you used to work for, and Bill Daly, who you worked for, combined with NBA players sounding like they want to continue playing and they're on board with finding a way to get a structure to get it done. Does that maybe have your hopes a little bit more up, or have they changed it all over the last couple of days? Well, I mean, it's it's got nothing to do with players wanting to play or commissioners or deputy commissioners wanting to play it's it's yeah. really where where is the pandemic more than anything else where are we with the opening up of uh, uh, facilities opening up of uh, of economies uh, across the continent and and how long will it be and will when will we see a second wave if we in fact 
uh, we'll see a second wave. Let's face it. I mean, uh, I don't know if you read this morning, but uh, the governor of Florida is welcoming any professional sports team in North America to come play in Florida. They will allow pro sports teams to play now. Uh, and, And quite frankly, they have been more liberal with their uh, legislation on the on the pandemic in Florida than anywhere else, and it has not been near as bad as people expected it to be in Florida. So uh, every jurisdiction has uh, has treated it differently, and and some it has worked out for to this point. But tell me that in seven days. Tell me that in fourteen days. Tell me that in a month, uh, and we'll have a discussion. M- my gut tells me that we're going to have a difficult time finishing the season. At the same time, you keep hearing about a 16-team playoff, a 24-team playoff, and still, as I talked to somebody at the league office this morning, uh, there's still the possibility of finishing the regular season. Wow. Herm has texted us. I will tell you that Herm worked uh, in the Western Hockey League for... Uh, at least 15 years. Uh, he had a son that played in the league, uh, a goaltender. And this text comes in, Bob, if the NHL is to play uh, again uh, in, 19, or, well, I guess in 2020, Canadian cities will be used as it will be much cheaper to host the NHL teams because of the COVID uh, combination of COVID cases and the Canadian dollars for the expenses and the TV revenue staying the same. Is there any way that they could just say pick for the sake of argument, only Canadian cities. Oh, I think that would be difficult. Uh, yeah. I, I really do. I think that that would be difficult. I, I do think that, as we've talked about every week, Bob, I do expect that there'll be at least two cities in Canada uh, for the same reasons that Herm has talked about, the way our country has managed the pandemic and the plight of the Canadian dollar. I mean, which it's just over 70 cents right now, I think. Uh, which would, for, from an economic perspective, save some money uh, for a U.S. dollar-based league. So uh, uh, from that perspective, I, I think Herm's half right. I expect two of the four, if they have four hubs, I mean, who knows how many hubs they're going to have, but we're, we're all assuming four hubs. If they have four, I think half of them are in Canada. Can you educate our listeners on this, John? Would you envision a, a situation where, there would actually be a fee paid back to the league by the hosts. I'm going to bring up Vegas. Vegas knows how to entice organizations to do events in Vegas. And they've often been prepared to write a check for it. And maybe the check theoretically would uh, help pay for testing, something to that effect. And we all know Vegas has got a ton of uh, hotels that are sitting empty right now. I've not looked at the numbers in Vegas over the... I know what the numbers are in Edmonton and Vancouver and Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, It's tough to get the the numbers specific to Toronto and Ottawa. Ontario's got numbers, but it was tougher to dig on their website to get the respective numbers. And I know the numbers in Montreal. But is there going to be a financial inducement, potentially to the NHL from these host cities? Uh, I would be shocked uh, if, if that occurs, if a city pays, uh, because it's not as if we're talking about a business opportunity for a city, for a team, for a building uh, that will allow them to generate revenue. Um, you, you, know, you know, when people talk about Grey Cups coming to town or Stanley Cup playoffs co- uh, coming to town and they talk about the economic impact, 
there's not much economic inca- impact coming for a hub city when you consider that there's going to be no fans in town. Uh, so if, uh, I, I would be shocked about that. And, and I, I think the other thing you bring up is uh, is a good one when it comes to testing. Is uh, testing is has become readily available in some cities, particularly in Canada. Uh, but how are how are they going to justify uh, putting 450 to 500 players uh, and uh, and support staff through testing on a daily basis with quick turnaround? Uh, when some cities are having difficult doing it for the for the general public, that's yeah. going to be an issue too. I think that's uh, that's going to rear its ugly head at some point. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, uh, in, in the years in the uh, years ago in the SARS epidemic, uh, when teams were able to go to the front of the line and get testing for SARS for their for the athletes and the kick and and the, and the fallout from the general public on that. Uh, the league, the leagues, and the teams cannot be appear to get any preferential treatment at this point, and I think that's one issue that has to ha- has to come up. I don't even know, like, uh, has quick testing models been approved in in Canada? Like, I'm under the impression it's like, and, and somebody can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'm under the impression it's like. 36 to 48 hours for the people that get the test done before they receive word back. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I'm not sure you're going to end up doing testing on a daily basis, but you're certainly going to be doing uh, 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 temperature monitoring on a daily basis. Uh, And those things, obviously, now uh, that can happen instantaneously, just like some of the airlines were doing it uh, in January for flights coming out of China. All right, let's switch focus. Uh, look, we both love sports, and you've produced uh, some terrific television over the years. That's very kind of you, Bob. And you've also had some stuff that was utter crap. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. It's, it's, it's kind of like the host on this show. I've had some days that weren't bad, and the rest of the days uh, there are people like, ah, I wish we had it. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, we're all watching Last Dance right now. Mm-hmm. This is, to me, this is wonderful television uh the conclusion of both episode seven uh we talked yesterday about the use of uh, teardrop as a song with jose gonzalez his version of it at the end of episode eight uh you know episode seven jordan's sort of showing you know the emotion as to how much it meant to him uh to win and 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 to try to get the most out of people and yeah it was just just your thoughts on what we're watching right now. Well, the, the two things that come out uh, come out of the whole documentary so far is the the one thing that has bothered me was for the first four episodes, uh, the guy that had a target on his back was Jerry Krause. Agreed. Um, and who was the general manager of the Bulls for eighteen or nineteen years? Um, the one person that could who could not defend himself was Jerry Krause because right. Jerry Krause has, has since passed away. And so he took a lot of flack for the way he managed the basketball team to six world championships. Uh, to me, that I thought was a little unfair at the time. I agree. Um, the one thing I would tell you is that I was uh, as great a player as Jordan was. I was not much of a Jordan fan until Monday night. And I loved his expectation. I loved his desire and demand and his explanation of what it took to win. And I have, I have that much more respect for Michael Jordan than I ever had in my life because of what I saw in Last Dance. 
And to me, he, he changed my whole thinking about what made him tick. And the fact that he, his expectation of himself and those around him, it, it, I, I, my respect grew exponentially for Michael Jordan with what I saw on Monday night. Well, people are going to think we spoke about this before you came on the show today, and we did not. No, uh, because I basically and, and the other thing, the other listen. I don't know if you mentioned it, but the the other thing I would tell you right now is, uh, I like I used to like Scottie Pippen. I used to think he didn't get very much attention and he was underappreciated. But when Scottie Pippen sat on Monday night and said he would he would sulk on the bench and do it again because he wasn't picked to take the final shot in one of the one of the playoff games that Tony Kukoc took the shot. Yeah. I'm going. Are you kidding me, Scottie Pippen? You selfish little brat! Yeah. Come on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, that to me drove me nuts, and that that again that changed my opinion of Pippen. Here it is, eighteen or nineteen years later. Here's the thing, John. In everyday society, uh, when you're managing people, you're not managing the one percent. With all due respect to most of the people out there working in the workforce, but when you're talking about elite level athletes, there's mm-hmm. different approaches to have. And I'm like you. I I developed even way more. Uh, respect for michael as a result of that and he bared his soul and you know he 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 pushed and i can tell you that you know i don't believe in breaking people down and building them up but it's all relative if you want to be the best i mean at the top level of sport and we're gonna have don horvitt come on the show and brent setter over the next couple days because they both might be considered a little bit old school and how hard they push players as coaches um but they also have overachieved and won before as a result. Well, I, of it. And, and the one thing about Jordan, when I when you see Jordan and you see what he did and you see how he pushed day in and day out, uh, the first thing that came to mind with me was how Wayne was Wayne different than that. Would would Wayne push his teammates like that in the dressing room? Uh, would Wayne be different than that in practice? Uh, and certainly in games, certainly in games, I don't think he was very much different than Michael Jordan. I think his expectation of himself and the expectation of his teammates was comparable. And that's why we talk about Jordan and Gretzky in the same sentence as the greatest of their sports. Final one for you. And I had this conversation with one of the greatest players in the game today, John. Uh, it shows you how far ahead. I mean, we're watching this on uh, on Michael Jordan last dance. And the NBA held the video back for 20 years. And it's been wonderful. Ten-part uh, one of the first sports documentaries that many of us certainly at Edmonton remember goes back to the 1986-87 season, sure, Boys, Boys on the, the Bus. bus. Eh? And it was ahead of its time, wasn't it? It was. 
It was, and I, I was lucky enough to be around that crew that was uh, organized by the McEwen brothers, Bob and Terry McEwen, Bob McEwen of the Fifth Estate on the CBC, and went on to NBC and CBS for a while. They did a magnificent job, and, and give Glenn Sather a ton of credit for giving them access, because he knew that that was another way that he could keep his guys in line if they had a documentary crew around them. That, that to me, again, was a, a master motivational stroke of genius by Glenn Sather. And there was video work done in that, uh, camera work, that was absolutely cutting edge. And you, would, you, would, you of all people would know this, given the fact you were producing the, the top-level games in hockey. I mean, they were, they were seriously ahead of their time in terms of what they were doing. Well, uh, I know you've got to go, but two, two quick things. The cameraman was a guy named Mike Boland, who was a former NHL uh, WHA hockey player, played for the Ottawa Nationals. Yep. Um, and uh, the practice footage that he was on the ice for was phenomenal. But the famous dinner party at Wayne's Condo uh, yep. was remarkable. Uh, but it's amazing what you could do when you could pour glasses of wine to guys and get them to speak. That's my puck, I believe Wayne said. And <laughs> what did Glenn Anderson say? You're only as good as your last. Anyhow, uh, great, great stuff, John. Thanks for taking us a trip down memory lane. Okay, Bob. Talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you Monday. Uh, Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. And now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options. Uh, for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Hudson is a fan of the lasagna. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken to this day in Oilers history back at the 630 Chad Studios Brendan Escott on this day in 1987 Glenn Anderson pots five assists as the Oilers rally from a 3-1 second period deficit to beat the Red Wings 6-3 at Northlands Kent Nilsson had two goals and two helpers and Mark Messier had a pair of goals as well of course the Oilers would go on to win the Campbell Conference final four games to one all right, uh, tonight, Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins, 7 to 8. Uh, what's he got rolling with? You're going to hear part three of his interview with a uh, former member of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Edmonton Investors Group, excuse me, Todd McFarlane. You'll also hear from Edmonton Eskimos offensive lineman, Sir Vincent Rogers. All right, uh, tomorrow on Oilers Now. We have uh, one of the most popular guests of the show each week, Louis DeBrusque. I know I put my rankings out there for top five heavyweights uh, in Oilers history. Um, I'll have a conversation with Louis about that. <laughs> Sportsnet's Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Uh, and this is going to be a treat for me as well. Longtime U of A basketball coach Don Horwood, now retired out on the uh, West Coast. But we'll talk a bit about Michael Jordan, last dance, and pushing athletes. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. We got the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye after Eileen's updates. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.